told early in my marriage that there were two important words to remember at all times. Here they are, two words, yes and dear. I was given that advice two weeks after we found out that Marcia was pregnant with our first child. It was really good advice. Rub my back. Yes, dear. Can we go out to dinner tonight? Yes, dear. I know it's January, but can you find me some watermelon? Yes, dear. And I actually found some. Paul gives some very important advice that he relates to marriage in the verses that follow. But these words actually relate to all of the relationships in our life. It may sound a little bit like, can you get me some watermelon in in the middle of January? You may wonder as you hear these words, how in the world am I supposed to do that? But we're going to see that these words will lead us to a much better life. That's something we all want, right? We all want a better life. We all want things to be better in our neighborhoods, better in our businesses, better in our schools, better in our world. But, but we don't really know how to get there. God tells us right here in Ephesians. Here it is. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. The path to a much better world is the exact opposite direction of what we might think it would be. But it is really simple to remember. (laughs) Make everybody else more important than you. Submit to one another. We don't like the sound of that. This verse starts off with words that just rub us the wrong way. When we start thinking about the ramifications of that word, submit. We don't like it. What about the guy at work that always eats the lunch that I put in the refrigerator for me? What about the guy at school that makes fun of me every time I walk down the hallway? What about the guy down the street who mows his lawn at 7.30 every Saturday morning? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, let's back up a minute and see where this verse appears within Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Paul, when he would write his letters, he often followed a very simple pattern after eight. Word of greeting, he would express some spiritual truths, which would then be followed by applications of those truths to real life. For Paul, discussing the things of God, discussing the teachings of Christ, that was never for him just a theological discussion. It always described how we should live, and Paul makes that very real. He brings it right down to earth. For Paul, the things of God determine how we live. 
And Ephesians follows exactly that same pattern. Here in this letter, Paul has written the Ephesian believers about the blessings we all share in Christ. How believers are made alive in the grace of Christ. How we are created to do good works in Christ. He's written how believers are one in Christ. With a special emphasis on how Christ came for everyone who would receive him, Jew and Gentile alike. We are one, Paul writes, in the body of Jesus. Well, Paul takes those spiritual truths that he describes in the first part of his letter to the Ephesians, and then he makes specific applications. He says, we know these things are true, now how do we live them out? If we're one in Christ, Paul writes, he says, we should... Seek unity together. It should lead to some very specific results in our life that we should be kind and compassionate to each other. That we should forgive as God has forgiven us. That we should avoid those things that have no business in the life of someone who is seeking to be like Jesus. He writes that we're called to live lives of thankfulness. Recognizing that all good things come from God. Which leads to this statement that he makes in in verse 21 here in chapter 5. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. That word for submit comes out of the military language of the New Testament day. It, It literally means to line up under another. It was the the idea that that when your commander gave a command, you did it. Or to put another way, the, the soldier would make his happiness secondary to the needs of his king, to the needs of his nation. Paul writes a very similar statement in his letter to the Philippians where he says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Now, we're really excited when other people do that for us. That makes us feel really good when somebody puts us first. Uh, But we're not so excited when it's our turn to do that for somebody else. We want to be first in line. What we don't realize is that this is not only beneficial to them, but also to us. We don't realize how good it is for us to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Just imagine a world where this was actually true. Where everybody had each other's interests ahead of their own. Nobody would ever cut you off at a parking lot in Walmart ever again. Days at the DMV would be a pleasure because everybody would be in a great mood. A day at the dentist, well, it'd still be a day at the dentist, but but everybody at least would be smiling. Now, I know what you're thinking. I, I don't even have to be a mind reader to figure this out. You're thinking, wait a minute. 
There's no guarantee that everybody else is going to do this. If I put everybody else first, somebody's going to take advantage of that. I'm going to wind up at the end of the line every time. And guess what? You're probably right. Of all the things the world does not understand about our faith, this is perhaps one of the biggest. The world's attitude is to get what you can while you can. If somebody else falls by the wayside, bad for them, good for you. But here's something for us to understand. When we take a servant attitude toward other people, they notice. What testimony do you hear almost every time when our youth come back from World Changers mission trip? These are those wonderful mission trips where our youth will will go to different areas and they will go into an inner city uh, part of the town where they are and they will help to do some remodeling on houses. They'll paint and they'll put on roofs and they'll they'll do a lot of those kinds of things. So they'll teach vacation Bible school in some inner city areas where kids don't have anything else to do. And, and, And nearly every year, at least one of our students will come back And they will tell about how somebody in the neighborhood, while they were out there painting or or doing what they were doing, they came by and they asked, why are you doing this? Or or usually the question is, how much do you charge to do this? And they'll say, well, we're, we're just doing it for free. And then they will say, well, why are you doing that? And guess what that gives them an opportunity to do? They have an open door To share the love of Christ. To simply say, we're doing this because Jesus loves us, and because Jesus loves us, we love you too. And and by the way, can I tell you how much Jesus loves you? The world may not listen to our words sometimes, but they can't keep from seeing our service in the name of Jesus. And that service in the name of Christ, that submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, that's just one step away from leading them to a saving knowledge in Jesus Christ our Savior. So yes, if you submit yourselves to others, if you choose to take second place, if you put someone else's needs in front of your needs, somebody's probably going to take advantage of that. But on that day when you see them in heaven, because your service in Jesus' name gave you the opportunity to share Christ with them, I'm going to guess you're not going to care that they cut in line in front of you at the high beam. Which leads to Paul's motivation. Why in the world would we do this? Why in the world would we choose to submit ourselves to each other? Or put another way, and more specifically in Paul's instance, why would Paul go into a city knowing that in just a few days he would be arrested, he'd be thrown in jail, he'd be threatened with execution? Why would Paul do that? Well, Paul answers the questions, that question, in no uncertain terms. 
Do it out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yes, this means that sometimes people will take advantage of you. Sometimes you won't get your way. For Paul, it meant that he very well would wind up in a cold, dark, wet prison cell. It literally meant that one day he would lose his life. But he willingly, voluntarily, with full understanding of what it meant, submitted himself to others. He considered them more important than his own safety. He considered their eternal needs more important than his momentary needs. He was willing to lose his own life. So that people he didn't even know could meet Jesus. Why? For Paul, it was simple. He did it out of reverence for Christ. Paul saw the ultimate example of this principle in the life of Jesus. Jesus came into a sin-sick world. He left a place where there was no sickness, where there was no sorrow, where there were no tears, to come into this world. Only to be rejected by his own people. Only to die the death of a criminal. So that a hypocrite named Saul could one day be saved. That's the way Paul saw it. Paul never forgot how one day on a road to Damascus where Paul, then calling himself Saul, was walking with the express purpose of going to Damascus to persecute and kill people who were following Jesus. And on that road, Jesus stepped in. Paul never forgot that. And neither should we. Jesus gave up everything so that we could be with him forever. Whatever we might have to give up to put somebody ahead of ourselves, it pales in comparison to what Jesus has already given up for us. In the world of the marketplace, we strive for what we perceive are fair exchanges. We pay what we think something is worth. We give money for goods and services because we believe that the goods and services that we're receiving in return are of equal worth to what we're paying. We work a 40-hour week because we believe the paycheck that we're going to receive at the end of the week is fair payment for what we did. Then we take that hard-earned money, we go to the store, and we 
buy bread and we buy milk, priced at a level that we believe equals the effort that we expended to make the money that we're using to pay for. Now, don't get me wrong. I was fascinated. No, no, some people aren't, but, but I was. I was fascinated in the very limited studies that I was able to do in economics. And in the theory of, of how a free market is, is it actually a great thing for everyone? It's a much better system than anything else that we could ever devise. I'm not making a, a political or economic policy statement here this morning. And the Bible isn't, actually. It's much more important than that. I'm making a personal plea, as was Paul. When we consider what we already have in Christ, what we already have far exceeds anything that we could ever give out of reverence to Him. No matter what we give up, we always come out ahead in Jesus. Once we understand that. We'll see what Paul saw. You never lose. You never lose anything that you give up in Jesus' name. Now, I'm not just talking about financial gifts here, although that certainly would be included, and, and you have been amazingly gracious in, in your giving. We, we celebrated Wednesday night as we discovered that we had just this past week crossed over $400,000 given in our Envision program. That's amazing. You're generous folks. But, but this isn't just about, about finances. Here's the thing. So often we shy away from ministries, from doing something that God has laid on our heart, from following a, a, a passion or, 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 or a, a, an understanding that God has, has placed in our soul, that He's just opened our eyes to see a need that's out there in, a commu- in the community, to, to see an opportunity to serve someone else. And we pass that by because deep down we think, Ah, the cost is just too high. It's going to take too much of my time, and I just don't have much time. It's going to take too much of my energy. I'm just way too tired when I get home from work. I don't have that talent. I don't have that gift. Lord, I know that's what you want me to do, but it just cost too much. What we need to see is what Paul saw. That the cost of not doing those ministries that God has laid on our heart is far greater. Or or to state it positively, no matter what we give up to serve Christ, We always come out ahead in Jesus. Every time. Submit to one another out of reverence 
for Christ. Heavenly Father, as we consider your great gift, and we, we've done that this morning. We, we, we've sung about the grace that we know in Jesus. We've looked at passages of Scripture that describe the extraordinary mercy and love that you've shown us. And Lord, all of that is wonderful. We, we want to praise your name. We want to go from this place celebrating your glory, feeling energized, inspired by your amazing love. But God, if it just stops there, we're missing the point. Heavenly Father, if we just go from this place with a good feeling or a happy heart, We've missed what you brought us here for. We've missed that you brought us here to equip us to be your servants. And God, that's not going to be easy. Your word says it like it is. It means that we're going to have to submit to other people. We're going to have to make them more important than we are. We're going to have to see their needs as more significant than our own. And that's hard, Lord. But God, that's what you've called us to do. And you've given us the greatest reason of all. We don't just do that because it's the right thing to do, even though it is. We don't just do that out of some sense of guilt. You're not just trying to shame us into doing the right thing. God, we do this out of reverence to Christ. Because we realize how deep and how wide your love is. That no matter what we give up in your name, we always come out ahead, Heavenly Father. We could never give as much as you have given us. So, Heavenly Father, as you place those ideas of ministry in our mind, as you reveal to us this week that person who's hurting there in our office, they may drive a fancy car, they may look like they've got everything going great, but but we know they're hurting. Maybe they don't know you as their Savior. Maybe they've had a tragedy in their family, and they're masking all of that with the money and the things that they've placed in life. But, God, we know how much they're hurting. And God, we've thought about talking to them about you. We, we've, we've even imagined in our mind how that conversation would go, and, and yet every day we just kind of walk on by because we think it will cost too much. God, this week, let it be different. God, as we look around our community and we see those who are hurting our community, some of them are hurting physically. Some of them have the physical needs that they Require, but they're hurting emotionally. And God, we've thought about stopping. We've thought about joining a a ministry effort. We've thought about taking some time and using that to try to meet some of those needs in your name. But but God, we've always talked yourself out of it because we thought it would cost too much. God, this week, let it be different. This week, help us, God to submit 
to one another out of reverence for Christ. For it's in His name that we pray. Amen.